This is Pastor Nick Hood, and today we're looking at 1 Samuel chapter 18. Uh, David is the armor-bearer of Saul. He's just killed Goliath. Uh, you would think it would be a happy time for everybody, but Saul becomes jealous. He's jealous because when they return to Jerusalem, the women are singing a song saying, Saul has killed his thousands. And David has killed his tens of thousands, and Saul did not like that. And so we're going to begin with that, and then we will move um, to the continuing saga of the Apostle Paul uh, in Acts. First Samuel chapter 18, when David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was bound to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David, because he loved him as his own soul. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that he was wearing, and gave it to David, and his armor, and even his sword, and his bow, and his belt. David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him. As a result, Saul set him over the army, and all the people, even the servants of Saul, approved. As they were coming home, when David returned from killing the Philistine, the women came out of all the towns of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with songs of joy, and with musical instruments. And the women sang to one another as they made merry, Saul has killed his thousands, and David his ten thousands. Saul was very angry. For this saying displeased him. He said, They have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed thousands. What more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day on. The next day an evil spirit from God rushed upon Saul, and he raved within his house, while David was playing the lyre, as he did day by day. Saul had his spear in his hand. And Saul threw the spear, for he thought, I will pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Saul was afraid of David, because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. So Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of a thousand. And David marched out and came in leading the army. David had success in all his undertakings, for the Lord was with him. When Saul saw that he had great success, he stood in awe of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, for it was he who marched out and came in leading them. Then Saul said to David, Here is my elder daughter, Merab. I will give her to you as a wife. Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul thought, I will not raise a hand against him. Let the Philistines deal with him. David said to Saul, Who am I, and who are my kinsfolk, my father's family in Israel, that I should be son-in-law to the king? But at the time when Saul's daughter Merab should have been given to David, she was given to Adriel, the Methlotite, as a wife. Now Saul's daughter Michael loved David. Saul was told, and the thing pleased him. Saul thought, Let me give him, her to him, 
that she may be a snare for him, and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Therefore Saul said to David a second time, You shall now be my son-in-law. Saul commanded his servants, Speak to David in private, and say, See, the king is delighted with you, and all his servants love you. Now then become the king's son-in-law. So Saul's servants reported these words to David in private. And David said, Does it seem to you a little thing to become the king's son-in-law, seeing that I am a poor man of no repute? The servants of Saul told him, This is what David said. Then Saul said, Thus shall you say to David, The king desires no marriage present except a hundred foreskins of the Philistines, that he may be avenged on the king's enemies. Now Saul planned to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. When his servants told David these words, David was well pleased to be the king's son-in-law. Before the time had expired, David rose and went along with his men and killed one hundred of the Philistines. And David brought their foreskins, which were given in full number to the king, that he might become the king's son-in-law. Saul gave him his daughter Michael as a wife. But when Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that Saul's daughter Michael loved him, Saul was still more afraid of David. So Saul was David's enemy from that time forward. Then the commanders of the Philistines came out to battle, and as often as they came out, David had more success than all the servants of Saul, so that his fame became great. I'd like to share with you some questions on this chapter. What are your thoughts about the relationship between David and Jonathan? What are your thoughts about the relationship between David and Saul? Why do you think Jonathan put his uh, royal garments on David? Why do you think Jonathan was drawn to David? And in like fashion, what was it about David that initially drew Saul to him? What do David and Saul have in common? And why do you think Saul was jealous of David? Can you think of any modern uh, illustrations that are similar to the relationship between David and Saul, and in particular, the jealousy of Saul? Now we move to Acts chapter 21. When we had parted from them and set sail, we came by a straight course to Cause, and the next day to Rhodes, and from there to Petera. When we found a ship bound for Phoenicia, we went on board and set sail. We came in sight of Cyprus, and leaving it on our left, we sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre, because the ship was to unload its cargo there. We looked up the disciples and stayed there for seven days. Through the Spirit they told Paul not to go to Jerusalem. When our days there were ended, we left and proceeded on our journey, and all of them, with wives and children, escorted us out of the city. There we knelt down on the beach and prayed, 
and said farewell to one another. Then we went on board the ship, and they returned home. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived at Ptolemais, and we greeted the believers and stayed with them for one day. The next day we left and came to Caesarea, and we went into the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven, and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. While we were staying there for several, several days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. He came to us and stood and took Paul's belt, bound his own feet and hands with it, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is the way the Jews in Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt, and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but even to die in Jerusalem, for the name of the Lord Jesus. Since he would not be persuaded, we remain silent, except to say, The Lord's will be done. After these days, we got ready and started to go up to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples from Caesarea also came along and brought us to the house of Manasseh of Cyprus, an early disciple, with whom we were to stay. When we arrived in Jerusalem, the brothers welcomed us warmly. The next day Paul went with us to visit James, and all the elders were present. After greeting them, he related one by one the things that God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. When they heard it, they praised God. Then he said to them, You see, brother, how many thousands of believers there are among the Jews, and they are zealous for the law. They have been told about you that you teach all the Jews living among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, and that you tell them not to circumcise their children or observe the customs. What then is to be done? They will certainly hear that you have come. So do what we tell you. We have four men who are under a vow. Join these men, go through the rite of purification with them, and pay for the shaving of their heads. Thus all will know that there is nothing in what they have been told about you, but that you yourself observe and guard the law. But as for the Gentiles, who have become believers, we have sent a letter with our judgment that they should abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols, and from blood, and from what is strangled, and from fornication. Then Paul took the men, and the next day, having purified himself, he entered the temple with them, making public the completion of the days of purification, when the sacrifice would be made for each of them. But when the seven days were almost completed, the Jews from Asia, who had seen him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd. They seized him, shouting, Fellow Israelites, help! This is the man who is teaching everyone everywhere against our people, our law, and this place. More than that, he has actually brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. 
for they had previously seen Trophius, the Ephesian, with him in the city, and they supposed that Paul had brought him into the temple. Then all the city was aroused, and the people rushed together. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple, and immediately the doors were shut. While they were trying to kill him, word came to the tribune of the cohort that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. Immediately he took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. When they saw the tribune and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the tribune came, arrested him, and ordered him to be bound with two chains. He inquired who he was and what he had done. Some in the crowd shouted one thing, some another, and as he could not learn the facts because of the uproar, he ordered him to be brought into the barracks. When Paul came to the steps, the violence of the mob was so great that he had to be carried by the soldiers. The crowd that followed him kept shouting, Away with him! Just as Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the tribune, May I say something to you? The tribune replied, Do you know Greek? Then you are not the Egyptian who recently stirred up a revolt and led the four thousand assassins out into the wilderness. Paul replied, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of an important city. I beg you, let me speak to the people. When he had given him permission, Paul stood on the steps and motioned to the people for silence. And when there was a great hush, he addressed them in the Hebrew language. Questions for Reflection What are your reflections about this chapter? 2. What are the similarities between this chapter and most of the other places where Paul has preached? 3. Why do you think the Roman soldiers are called to his defense? And with that, I'd like to offer a prayer. Lord, help me to rise above a spirit of jealousy. Help me to appreciate the gifts and skills of others. Make me comfortable with my own personal strengths and weaknesses. In my distress, be my protection. In my loneliness, be my comfort. In my weakness, be my strength. Bless me, protect me, surround me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This is Pastor Nick Hood, pastor and senior minister of the Plymouth United Church of Christ, which is located in the heart of Detroit in the very tip-top of the Medical Center area of Detroit. Our street address is 600 East Warren Avenue, and I'd love to see you. We worship on Sundays at 8.30 and 11 in the morning and also Wednesdays at noon. Until tomorrow or the next time, God bless.